Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. All right, hot brethren and sisterin'. Thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome back to Hot Breath Podcast, your weekly guide to comedy mastery. This episode today is a very special episode. I was recently asked to do a podcasting panel at the Peachtree Comedy Festival. I decided to record it for you, share it as extra content. This is a how-to guide to start your own podcast and also has a lot of fun behind-the-scenes stories of Hot Breath and how we've been able to build into the comedy education platform we are and all the failures along the way. But I do also have some very quick, exciting news and opportunity for you in the outro. So I would appreciate it if you stuck around for an extra 20 to 30 seconds after this episode ends. And I appreciate you and will take up no more of your time. So that being said, there is only one thing left to do. And that is inhale a hot breath. At the Peach Tree Comedy Festival. Hello. Hello, everyone. All right. Happy uh, Saturday. Congratulations to the people that made it to the finals. I'm worried about the white guy in the corner. Um, Hopefully he'll be all right and he's not plotting over there. I know how we folks can be. But uh, (laughs) thanks. Thank you guys for coming out and checking this out. What we're going to do here is a little podcast seminar. Um, I'll give you a little rundown on who I am and what I'm doing with my podcast, but I'm also here to answer your questions as well. Because I feel like, especially in the comedy world, there is a lot of opportunity for us all to have a podcast and to all really connect with our unique audience. So that's a very uh, valuable piece of having a podcast is just connecting with your audience and building a new audience. So in terms of who I am, uh, if you didn't see the name tag, um, thank you. One supportive, one supportive woman. Thank you. Joel Byers. Byers with an A. It's usually with an E. And I'm like, don't be throwing ERs in my name. It's A. So, um, yeah, by Oz. So, what I do, I host the Hot Breath podcast. It is a comedy-based podcast all around education. I interview comedians about their craft and their process and their own specific um, skill sets. So, I just interviewed Ian Bag. He's well-known for his crowd work. So, I interviewed him all about his crowd work. I interviewed um, Tamara Goins. She's like a comedy manager, so I interviewed her all about the management side of comedy. So I find people that are at the top of their craft and I just interview them about what they're the best at. But how the show started was I'm based in Atlanta and we had 10 comics in the finals of Last Comic Standing. So I decided to interview them and be like, oh, this will be a nice time capsule of like Atlanta comedy and what we're doing here. We have all these comics on TV right now. So I interviewed all 10 of them And then it just kind of grew into me interviewing comedians. And now the whole, over almost four years of doing it, the whole thing has evolved into just comedy mastery. 
So I think what's important, and just real quick, who uh, who in here has a podcast? Does anyone have a podcast yet? Is anyone thinking about it? Thinking about starting a podcast? Okay. Over there, you're just all the way indifferent over there. He's just in the corner. Just I'm just here because I didn't have a place to stay. So they got, okay. Tough crowd. Jeez. Ooh, my wife was right. Should have gone to grad school. So pretty much whatever you're starting your podcast for, just establish that up front. Podcasting is not something you want to just jump into and like, oh, I'll just record on my phone and then it appears on the internet and it's magic and now I'm famous. Like, I don't want to discourage you, but I have discovered through doing this, I have spent upwards of like 15 hours on a single hour long episode. So that's like finding guests, researching guests, doing the interview, and then all the post-production that is involved as well. So like 15 hours for like a single hour of content. So I say that up front just to let you know that you want to understand why you're starting your podcast. So have a clear vision of what your mission is, what your goal is with the podcast. So mine was at first to just highlight Atlanta comedy but it now the clear vision is to just educate comedians about comedy. However I do that. And once you know like why you're starting the podcast, that'll help you to create content centered around that message. So I know with mine personally, whatever I create, I know it needs to be educational. I know it needs to be about comedy. And I know the audience I'm talking to like are comedians. And more specifically like uh more like open mic comedians really like not even necessarily professional comedians are my target it's more of up and coming comedians still trying to figure it out some may still have like a day job they have a family but they love comedy and they listen to the podcast to kind of stay inspired and stay up to date i've had people reach out saying the podcast inspired them to start comedy so my audience isn't just open mic comedians. You know, veteran comedians listen to it, comedy fans listen to it, but everything I do is motivated by creating content for like that up and coming comedian. So for your show, really establish that up front. Figure out what you want your show to be in terms of like, what do I want to do a podcast about? But also figure out why you want to do that. Why do you want to create this podcast? Because when you are up at 2 a.m. and it, you're releasing it that morning at 8 a.m. and you're like, why am I even doing this? You need that reminder because you're going to hit those moments. It's, there's a crazy stat that it's like, um, I want to say it's literally like 60% of podcasts never make it past episode like 15. It's some crazy stat like that because people get into it and they're like, yeah yeah, this is awesome. And they're like, oh, this is work. And they're like, oh, I quit this job. So if you don't understand your why up front, you're going to, you're, it's just not going to be sustainable because you're not going to have a mission behind what you're doing. I mean, just like with comedy, you know, you may not want to go do an open mic at 11 p.m., but you're like, I know why I'm doing this for the long term. So attack podcasting that same way. Because it is, it's just, it's a, comedy is a job, like podcasting in itself is, it can become a job. But it's a labor of love. And as long as you understand why you're doing it, and it's something that keeps you motivated. Because really, I created a podcast I wanted to hear, really. So if we want to look into, 
if you think about, okay, like what your podcast is, why you're doing it. Now also look at who else is doing it. So like for me, I want to do a comedy podcast. Okay, well, who else is doing a comedy podcast besides every other comedian that's breathing right now? So I had to look at who I'm doing my podcast for, who else is doing a comedy podcast, and how can I differentiate myself? So really, and this, I'm, I'm telling you all this up front, and not like, well, you got to get a logo and get on iTunes and all this, because like you want to do all this thought beforehand so by the time you do roll it out it's it's a well-oiled machine so this what i'm discussing right now is the homework most people skip so answer these questions first and that's going to help you to create like a successful and sustaining podcast okay so i looked at who else is doing a comedy podcast specifically also who else is doing uh like informative interviews so I was looking at, you know, like um, NPR, uh, like Terry Gross does informative interviews, um, like Howard Stern does like long form informative interviews. I was also looking at content like that. But in the comedy space, if I'm creating a podcast for comedians, it's like, OK, what do those podcasts look like right now that exist? So I researched these podcasts and through listening to them. I started to think about how I can separate myself from other comedians with podcasts. So one thing I noticed with comedian podcasts is most of the time it's just a couple comedians on a podcast trying to out funny each other. They're all just trying to who can have the best joke, who can riff the best on their grocery list or whatever. It was never really like a productive conversation. So I knew with my podcast a way I could differentiate myself is to make my interviews productive, make them educational, make them informative. So as opposed to it just being comedians on there just killing time, I'm on here like asking comedians questions they may have never even heard before. So in thinking of questions they've never heard before, I also made sure my interviews are well-researched and people can come to Hot Breath to learn things about that guest that they couldn't learn anywhere else or they would have to listen to five of my guests' interviews to get all the information they got in the one I did. And like I said, 15 hours in one episode, that's also the research I do. You know, I'm like a private investigator on these people because I want to ask a question where they're like, wait, how do you... So I've had like some comments asked me from the feds. They're like, you know, like, wait, what are, you, what are we doing here? How do you know how, who you've been talking to? You know, so... That's what I pride myself on, and that's what my audience expects now as well. And that's kind of the audience I've built is fans of comedy and comedians that like that insight into comedy. Uh, are there any questions right now? I don't want to jump too far ahead. Yes. So when you started your, your podcast, you, you figured out that you wanted to be educational. Mm-hmm. To find the audience. So luckily I'm, I'm doing a podcast around my own community. So building the audience has been more organic in terms of I haven't 
been doing standard marketing, I guess, as far as like Facebook ads or trying to do like influencer marketing. It really, I have not done any of that. It's really all been word of mouth. Like the podcast has really grown just from one comic listening to an interview and then telling another comic on an open mic to now it's grown to where just last week I had someone from like Ireland and like um, uh, Brazil reach out to me. So, but it, it, that's almost four years as well. I've been doing this four years almost. But it's, it's all grown pretty much word of mouth organically. But I am sure at comedy shows to make sure I tell people about the podcast as well because those people in that comedy audience are also my target audience for the podcast. You know, they're here, they're comedy fans. Hey, I have a podcast for comedy fans that I think you would really enjoy. Hot Breath? Oh, yes. I'm telling you. Listen to Hot Breath. Let's all leave here right now and listen to Hot Breath. <laughs> Meeting adjourned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, B, uh, yeah, Hot Breath. B-R-E-A-T-H. And it's on um, YouTube, Spotify, um, Stitcher, all that. Where, where do you listen to podcasts normally? Maryland. So, Maryland? Maryland? Oh, yeah, yeah, like your plat, like a platform. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, it's on it's on YouTube and it's also on um, like Apple uh, Apple. I think is that an iPhone? Yeah, it's on the Apple Podcasts. Yes. I mean, I couldn't say it's a waste of money just because I haven't tried it, so I don't know the results. Um, I think starting out, I think you just need to work on creating a quality podcast. And I think that'll build your audience or it'll make it worth sharing. You know, your audience is your best friend. Yeah, I mean, that's how I did mine. Like now I also know people who started a podcast and had sponsors before they even launched it. So it's like everybody, it's still the Wild West in a sense. But I've always focused on just creating a quality show and letting that almost be like the marketing of it. Is people people enjoy it so much that they just have to share it. They just feel compelled to like tell other people about it. Mm -hmm. Any others right now? Oh, we didn't notice. As you came in and then fell. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. Uh, there's podcasts and there's blogs. Uh, traditionally, when I first became aware of podcasts, it was on uh, streaming service mm. without video. But mm -hmm. now, most podcasts have a company video. Is that a standard or is just the audio enough? Yeah, great question. Um, I do video now. I didn't do video until probably two, two and a half years into it because I just had to get down my audio production side. Because like I mentioned um, before you were here because you were late, that um, <laughs> no, that um, I, I'll like spend up to like 15 hours on like a single episode. For like an hour-long episode, it can take me up to 15 hours from start to finish. So I first just had to figure out 
what my podcast was, why I was doing it, who I'm doing it for. Like I figured out all those things just through the audio and then I incorporated video. But video is a whole other, it's a whole other animal. I mean, it adds a whole other level of work to the podcast. So I think you need video just for the sake that it's that much more content you can create and that, that you can distribute. But in the meantime, if you do just have audio, you can still post that audio to YouTube. So even if your podcast is just audio, I would recommend putting it on YouTube anyway because YouTube is the second largest search engine on the internet behind Google. So people are still searching for podcasts all the time on YouTube. But um, it's tough for me to tell you like you should or shouldn't do video in terms of like when you start out because I don't want you to try to do everything and then you end up doing nothing. Or you end up being one of the people that doesn't make it past episode 10 because it's just so much work. So if you have a team, I would recommend jumping in and yeah, seeing who can, who can take on the video aspect of it, who will take on the audio aspect of it and all that. But if it's just you starting this podcast, I would recommend focus on audio and just making it quality and just putting out a good podcast because it's going to get better with time. So just focus on putting in a, a good quality podcast, just like your stand-up, it ages, it gets stronger over time with just the reps. You just get more comfortable doing your podcast, just like you get more comfortable as you're on stage. So if it's just you doing it, I would say start audio, get good at that, and then trickle in the video. Does that make, does that make sense? Is that helpful? Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. So I've done, this week was episode 180. So, and it's been every Monday at 8 a.m. I've released an episode consistently. That, that's a great point you bring up too, is whenever you decide to release your show, just make sure you're releasing it at that time and that day. Every single week, every other week, every month, whatever you decide your distribution schedule to be, Make sure you stick to that. It's like, a, it's like a TV show. You know, people, if you tell people, all right, I'm releasing an episode Monday at 8, and if it's not there, the audience, you break that trust with the audience, and that's going to make them less likely to return, and it's going to make them less likely to share because they don't want to share, you know, um, an unreliable podcast to someone or an unreliable product to someone. They're like, oh, I love this podcast. It's every Monday at 8, and then they tell their friend, and then you don't release one for two weeks, and they're like, what? It really matters. It really matters. And what's amazing I've noticed is what's so important about defining your audience and being super, super specific. So like, like when I first started, you know, it's like, oh, I just want to tell the world about Atlanta comedy. And I went through a whole evolution to where it was like, oh, it's Atlanta comedy. And then I interviewed some just Atlanta artists in general. And I was like, well, maybe it's about Atlanta creative people in general. And I had to go on this whole like evolution of like, well, here's where I started. Oh, no, I, it's about artists in general here in Atlanta. And then it slowly came back to, oh, no, it's about comedians. And then I was like, oh, no, this is for like open mic comedians that are trying to learn hands on from comedians they're fans of. So my target is open mic comedians specifically. 
But in me being specific, you know, people outside of that target audience will listen to it and connect to it and share with it. But as long as I create content around that open mic comedian, then that's what's going to kind of um, connect with them. Because a podcast is super intimate. There's no filter, really. If you're listening, it's just going straight into your brain. So you're having an intimate connection with your listeners. More than I ever anticipated until I started really hearing from people and how much it's helping them. That when I'm, when I'm talking or when I'm interviewing, I'm like talking specifically to an open mic comedian. Or I'm asking a question that an open mic comedian would really want to know about. And by open mic, I mean, this could be, you know, started a week ago or this could be six years in and they still haven't taken the leap to full time or, you know, 10 years, whatever. So really have your audience in mind because that's going to help you to also direct what you talk about. And also, like, you talk directly. It sounds weird. You know, you may have like 5,000 people listening, but you're really talking to like a single person. And people feel that. And I'm sure when you listen to podcasts, they're like, oh, they're talking to me. And you're like, well, they're probably talking to like, you know, 100,000 other people. But it feels that intimate. And your audience cares. There was one episode, and just to get back to just that reliability, is I re-released an episode. Um, one, of my, one of my guests was, on, was like on Joe Rogan. And I was like, oh, let me just drop this one back over the top and ride that wave. And it worked. But I didn't necessarily say that it was an older episode and like and, and a listener like tweeted at me and was like hey we don't mind you releasing old episodes but just tell us that it's an old episode like don't just put it back out and that was eye-opening to me of like wow they really care and they're really listening so when you create that connection you get that kind of response so how i built that connection though is through quality podcasts but also consistent podcasts so if i say monday at eight it's scheduled to launch Mondays at eight. And if I don't, if I, if I can't release one, like I was just out of town for like two weeks, but I was sure to tell my audience, hey, I'm gone for the next two weeks. I won't be releasing an episode. So we'll be back in two weeks. I'll tell you all about it and da 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 da. So I, anytime I'm not going to be able to release one, which is rare, but I'll still at least give the audience the courtesy of saying, I'm going to miss next week, but here's why. I appreciate you listening. There's all these others you can listen to and things like that. Yeah, consistency. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm hmm. Um. I mean, maybe like two years in is when I started to feel like I'm like on to something here. And it was like a, it was like a trickle though. It would just be like a little drip every now and then just to let me know, okay, there's people out there that care. And it really started locally with like any, any time I went to an open mic here in Atlanta, there would be a comic who would say something like, oh, I love the podcast. Keep doing it. That episode you did with Mark Norman was amazing. And I do have people be like, when are you going to have Mark Norman back on? Or I've had people say, um, uh, like, I Ian Edwards is here this weekend. And I had someone reach out about um, interviewing him. And I was like, I'm already on it. Like, in terms of, like, connecting with the, the guest and being like, hey, when you're in town this week, you know, um, would you like to do my podcast? So I think it took probably about two years for me to 
feel any sort of like traction beyond just my immediate circle, you know, because when you create a project, people around you will like to support it. But when I started hearing from people in like Birmingham or Chattanooga or um, Nashville, even in the Southeast, I was like, okay, it's starting to grow. But it took, it took probably about two years. But that, in that two years, that also includes that evolution of me like not understanding my target audience where I was going like and interviewing Atlanta artists and trying to be like, maybe it's Atlanta. But when I came back to like the core of it being comedy and I really focused on my target audience, that's when it really started to kind of grow and expand. And I think the big tipping point for the podcast was probably when um, Bo, Burn Bo Burnham was releasing a movie and his people reached out for him to be on the podcast while here in Atlanta. And that was probably the moment I was like, oh, okay. So here's someone reaching out to me to be on the show. So it's not even just my listeners reaching out like, hey, can you get this person on? It became, oh, he has a movie and he wants to promote it on the podcast. So that was like another moment, a milestone of like, oh, okay, it's working. Does that mean to sponsor this, this whole movement, this podcast movement, does that mean you can secure and bring in sponsors for your I could and I have. I don't have any consistent sponsors, but I have had like a comedy festival sponsor the podcast and things like that. Everything's on brand though. Any sort of sponsor I've had has been on brand. But and thinking of your podcast also and how you can in quote sponsors, you can also leverage services. So I've had artwork done, like um like this logo. Uh, I had done in exchange for shouting out the artist on the podcast. Um, this label, this is a local spring water in a, the Blue Ridge Mountains of Georgia called Fontis, and they do like custom labels. So they don't pay me, but they do give me a supply of these pretty much whenever I want. And then if a guest says something on there like, oh, I like, oh, this is cool water, then I could be like, yeah, that's Fontis. Like I always give my guests the water when, uh, when I interview them. And that started as another way to stand out from the competition. How else can I um, stand out from other podcasts? So I interviewed a comic who liked Lunchables. In researching him, I learned he liked Lunchables. Lunchables. So I showed up with Lunchables. Like, just little things like that if you're interviewing someone on your podcast. Just another way for you to be memorable to the person you're interviewing. So they'll be likely to refer you or come back and do the episode again as they climb. You know. So, yeah, sponsors, everybody wants to make money up front, but, it, like, it's, like, just focus on making it great, and the sponsors will come in. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned about 15 hours of editing time to get to one hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, releasing every Monday, how early do you have to record an episode to, or do you record them all in a day? Is there any concern for being Great question, yeah. So, um, and I'm going to start repeating your questions because I'm actually recording this for my podcast. So, <laughs> it's all content, everybody. It's all content. Um, so, in terms of, like, releasing your episode and the amount of work, it's like, I usually stay about five interviews ahead. So, for me personally, my interviews are more evergreen. They're not as timely. Like, 
Bo Burnham's episode I released around like the release of his movie things like I'll release some things like Ian Edwards he's coming out with a special in July so I'll release his episode when his special drops but overall you really you want to stay like at least five ahead before you I would rep, I would recommend you record 10 episodes before you even launch your podcast because it'll it'll get away from you and if you don't have any on reserve then you're going to get one week behind and then one week turns into one month and then it's one year and then you know it's lost so i would recommend i would make if like whatever yours some people try to do topical and they try to riff on news and things like that so that's a little more timely to where it is like okay we have to record this and release it like tomorrow but for sustainability i mean record 10 before you launch and stay at least five ahead i have i have six right now interviews that i've recorded that are ready to be released whenever yeah great great question yeah back to the sponsors here mm-hmm It would be more about like the type of people. So a comedy festival would want to sponsor through me because my audience is the people that would be registering for their festival or that would be attending their festival. So it's not necessarily like the amount of listeners as much as like the type of listener and the engagement you're getting. So, you know, I could, if I had, um, What's a big, like stamps.com is like a big podcast sponsor, but it's like, why would they, they, they would get in like Mark Maron's podcast because he has like millions of listeners. But if you want to get into more like a niche, like mine, stamps wouldn't be it, but a, a comedy festival would be, or like this artist is called comedy artwork. So he does artwork for comedians. So our audiences are completely in line. So when you reach out to a sponsor, Reach out to a sponsor that is in line with your audience and y'all share the same audience. Just like um, if you had a CrossFit podcast, I mean, it may only have like 200 listeners, but the likelihood of converting those listeners into a customer are much higher than if a CrossFit gym wanted to sponsor my podcast. Does that make sense? So yeah, so just approach sponsors that are in line with your audience and that that is what I found to be most successful. Mm -hmm. I've tried both. Um, in terms of working on it, working with a team versus working alone, I've, I started out with uh i actually i mean i started out like i mean this is my equipment now so like for four years pretty much this has been what i record my episodes with so it's just like a, a recorder and a microphone and then i have another microphone for the guest but i started out actually having an engineer friend i borrowed his equipment and he kind of showed me the ropes on how to use the sound equipment and all that but and then we would kind of work together and then he wasn't really reliable and uh, it, like it's it just adds another layer of responsibility and stress and adds to that 15-hour timeline of rolling out an episode. So I've gone through phases. I've had an audio engineer 
that ended up being more work keeping up with him than it was the work he was saving me from doing. Um, I, I tried a videographer for a little while as well where I would be like, I'll just outsource the video. It, it all boiled down to like reliability and consistency, which is what I hang my hat on when it comes to my podcast and everything I do. So everyone I've worked with so far, it just hasn't panned out. If you have people in mind that you think would be good to work with and that you can trust and that are kind of on the same mindset of you as terms of like, all right, we want to build this and not we're not just looking for a sweet lick, as they say. So I would say if you have a team, use it, tap into it because it is a lot of work. But I just personally, it's just been the, it's been the dolo route that's just been the tried and true for me personally. Yeah. But that I also know how to, from doing it alone, I also know how to edit video now. I also know how to edit audio now. I know how to do all of that stuff from just the, the DIY approach. So there is a lot of time spent on skill acquisition and learning how to even just do a podcast that having a team could help you with. But um, doing it alone, like everything I do right now is all alone still. And I even... I just interviewed uh, Chico Bean, and I was like, oh, man, for this one, I want to get a videographer. I want to make sure I do this right. I don't want anything to go wrong. And then the videographer's late, you know, and I luckily brought all my stuff. You know, I was like, just in case, I'm just going to bring everything as if I'm doing it. Videographer was going to be late. And I was like, man, yet another sign that I should just be doing this until further notice. And that was like two weeks ago I learned that lesson where I'm like, we're ready again. Let's get a videographer. And I was like, he's late. And so, yeah, so it's just been all alone for me. But if you have a team, I would highly recommend tapping into that team for sure. Mm -hmm. Yes. Where'd I get my equipment from? This is all from Guitar Center. So this, this recorder is a, uh, it's a Zoom H4N. Zoom H4N. Uh, this is, this is probably, um, I think this was like $200. Um, if anybody wants to steal it, it's, it's worth less now. It's four years old. Um, but, um, and then these mics, these are blue Encore 200s. These, these are about 150 each. I got them for buy one, get one free. Um, there's a mic called a Shure SM58 that's around $100 that a lot of podcasters use. And that's, that's a reliable brand and a reliable... Sure. Mm -hmm. S-H-U-R-E, and then it's S-M-58. But I got it all at Guitar Center. There are places now that'll sell like just a podcast package to where it has everything included into it. But through, through all of my research, most people, they use this Zoom recorder, and then they would have some sort of microphone. I invested in better mics because... When looking at my podcast and like, how can I stand out from the competition? I was like, well, quality is a way I can stand out from the competition. So I want to make sure I do that upfront investment to make sure my audio sounds good. Because I'm sure we've all heard podcasts where it's like on their iPhone and you're just like, really? This is what you're, this is the perception you want? You just, because people, there's an app called Anchor to where you can literally just record a podcast and then it just like, you just upload it. But it's like, I'm. I mean, it's, it, you get what, you get out what you put in, you know? So if you just want to, 
and then that, I mean, that's what you're going to get, you know? So in my personal opinion, so I made an upfront investment on equipment that was a little of, it was a financial, I mean, it was a financial investment, but four years later, I'm still using the exact same setup. Yeah. Good question. Yeah. So, um, if you think, if you just want to think upfront, I mean, if this is 200, these 150, but I got buy one, get one. So 75, uh, the mic cords, the, um, these little mic stands, I maybe spent, I don't know, maybe around 400 to launch it, to like start it up. And then your hosting site to actually host your podcast on, that'll be a monthly, that'll be a monthly payment as well. And your hosting site is what's going to get you on to the iTunes, the Spotify's, uh, Stitcher. You have what we call a hosting site, which then will um, distribute your podcast to all the audio uh, podcast platforms. So I personally use one called Audio Boom. Um, that one, that one is around uh, ten dollars a month. I actually got in on that one early, so I actually don't. I didn't have to pay. Um, I got in on their podcasting early, where they were just trying to get podcasters on there. But theirs is like ten dollars a month. I haven't had any issues with it, but it can go upwards of thirty, a hundred just depending on your service, what you're looking for, because some hosting sites will be higher because they charge by like bandwidth you take up too. So they'll charge by the amount you're posting every month. Because how much, how much land you're taking up on their website, they'll start to charge you. If you want to do two, two a month, it'll cost this. If you want to do four a month, it'll cost this. They kind of parse out the payments that way. But you got to get on a hosting site to get on to like Apple iTunes and all that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I my goal is for them to be around an hour. Sometimes guests, you know, um, Lunell had 20 minutes between shows. So I was like, yeah, I'll take whatever with Lunell, you know, so sometimes it's based on the guest other times like if it if it just goes and goes and goes you know like i mean your interview was almost like two hours or so like because oh tramo beat you yeah but yours was the longest for a while and that was like 90 minutes so like if the conversation is rolling and it's engaging then like i'll just go with it if unless i feel the guest if there's some sort of time constriction but i try to keep it around an hour just for the sake of just like the format of an hour but um yeah there's there's no real set time unless the guest uh, like kind of kind of dictates that mm -hmm. any other questions of podcasting all right yeah well i mean you all you all have some great questions um i would totally recommend you i would recommend you starting one at least trying it just to see i mean it's it's podcasting has brought me so many opportunities. I mean, really sitting here, like one of my goals for this year was to have hot breath, a part of three comedy festivals. And I've, I've done two now. So uh, thanks. Thanks to Lulu, my bae. But, um, it, it really is like, it's an amazing, it's an amazing opportunity to not only create an audience, but also like create your own success in terms of the amount of just networking I've been able to do and the amount of opportunities that have just grown from having a podcast. Like, 
I highly recommend it, but I highly want to stress that it is a lot of work. And answering those questions up front, like like we discussed uh, for the people that relate, it's pretty much just why you're doing this, who you're doing it for, and um, like what you're trying to achieve with it. Like answer those questions up front because I'm telling you there's going to be a point you're at 2 a.m. and you're like, why am I even doing this podcast? I'll do it next week. And then that week grows into a month. It's I can tell you from personal experience of doing podcasting four years and seeing countless come and go. That's the biggest thing is people just start because, oh, let me get it on podcasting. And they don't have a unique reason to do it. That's like I love comedy. I love learning about comedy. I love asking comedians about comedy. So that's how I've been able to sustain it because it's a passion. I created a podcast around my passion. So you do the same. And it doesn't have to be about comedy, but just establish what you want it to be up front and just see it through. Commit to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yes, yeah. Audio Boom does have uh, analytics, and um, they use Google Analytics, actually. So I'll get access to um, number of listens for that week, that month, that year, six months, uh, I think up to five years. It'll break down um, the gender, the age range, uh, the location of my audience, all that. Audio Boom does that. I can't say what other platforms do. I know some will make you pay for additional access to analytics and things like that. But um, you're at, my wife would be thrilled for me to say I should focus on my analytics more. I'm, she's been telling me that for a long time. But I really, I just focus on who reaches out and I just focus on connecting and just building a community. And um, it's, been, it's been amazing. Yeah. I can't, um, I can't say enough positive things about what podcasting has done for my career and just my overall learning curve in comedy in general. Cool. All right. So um, go to uh, hotbreathpodcast.com. <laughs> Support the pod. Donate. Like, share, subscribe. I don't know. I don't know what else I got. That's my outro for this episode. This is going to be an episode. But, um, yeah, thank you all so much for um, coming out. Feel free. I love, I mean, people that have reached out to me know I love engaging and, like, answering any questions. So, please, throughout whatever you're doing after this, I mean, feel free to connect with me. I'm Joel Byers, if the name tag. I'm stealing this, by the way. Oh, I can have it? Not the metal. I was going to flip the metal part. I was going to go. But, um yeah, so let's, you know, I'm Joel Byers. Please, let's keep in touch. Like, I'm happy to help you however I can. That's that's kind of my mission in life. So um, thank you all so much for coming out. Awesome. All right. Bow. All right, Hot Breath of Verse. I hope you found that helpful. We gave away all the sauce on that episode. But I've got to say, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I really do appreciate you guys tuning in every Monday right here at Hot Breath. If this podcast has been helpful to you and you want to show support to it, go to hotbreathpodcast.com. There's a cute little donate button at the top with a heart. You can click on there. No donation is too small, but it really would mean a lot to me if you did show your support of all the work we've been doing here to bring you a weekly guide to comedy mastery, as we call it now. 
And if you would like to sponsor the podcast, like we discussed in this episode, go to hotbreathpodcast.com as well. There's a contact form at the bottom. You can send a message to me directly. Let me know what kind of service or event or product, whatever you're trying to get in front of the hot breath of verse, I want to help you make that happen. So hotbreathpodcast.com to show your support and donate, or let's partner up with a sponsorship. Thank you so much to Lulu for letting me do a podcasting panel at her first annual Peachtree Comedy Festival. A local comic bootstrapping her way, created honestly one of the best festivals I've ever been to. So definitely salute to her out there on that independent comedian hustle. If you know of another festival or another event that may want a podcasting panel, I'm actually doing a networking event here in Atlanta that is, and they asked me to come in and speak about podcasting. So podcasting is booming. It's a hot topic. I'm happy to go speak about it wherever you think people would enjoy it. So please connect with me directly hotbreathpodcast.com you can connect with me directly or joelbyerscomedy.com or all social media Joel Byers Comedy and Hot Breath Pod but I hope you found this insightful in terms of all the work that goes into it but also how rewarding it can be doing this podcast has been so rewarding and it's because of listeners like you that actually listen to the outros so your loyal hot brethren and sister and of course thank you to my wife Aaron Byers, as I thank her at the end of all of these episodes. And until next Monday, right here on Hot Breath. Hot Breath. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.